Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode six of the Business as Usual podcast. We are going to have a look at, again, the shorter format from now on. Um, we're going to have a look at two news stories each, and we're going to give you five things to have a look at in your own time. Just a little plug. Remember to subscribe on the YouTube channel or follow us on Spotify or follow our Instagram page, which we're starting to put some things on now um, at business as usual underscore. So that if you go on, if you go on, Insta you know how to use Instagram. You're all like 16, 15. You know how to use it better than we do. So if you can follow on there, then you'll get updates about when we do any new podcasts or when we do any revision videos. I know we've got, Mike, you've got some plans to do some um, exam technique revision stuff. Yes, yeah, we'll be doing some exam techniques. I'll be releasing uh, the odds question type at a time as we go in to get closer to mocks. So that's the plan. There's already some stuff on the YouTube channel as well for the Edexcel A-Level, including uh, Paper 1, Paper 2, and Paper 3 videos, and a video on um, exam technique generally, and a little revision video on decision trees as well. If you've studied decision trees, then you might find that useful. Uh, so Mike's going to start us off. You're going to give us a bit of a yes. story about eBay. Yeah, I'm going to kick off with something you'll look at um, in the second year GCSE and the second year of A-level. So I thought I'd look at growth, uh, and in particular through takeover slash merger. So the latest one that's been hitting the news is eBay looking to sell StubHub uh, to Viagogo for $4 billion. So uh, they are looking to buy StubHub to effectively take 100% of the ticket resale market through their horizontal integration takeover. Um, so they're looking to do that. And they've got all that agreed at four billion, which has taken a couple of months to do so. Um, but there's a little bit of opposition as the music, uh, not mu yeah, the music industry and events industry is coming in and asking the CMA to evaluate uh, the deal before it gets signed off. So the CMA, if you're not if you're not aware, the Competition and Markets Authority, their job is to effectively, especially when it comes to mergers and takeovers, but general business practice, make sure that what is happening between two businesses or between three businesses or whatever is not negatively impacting on the consumer. And so I guess the argument here is, is that if um, Viagogo has 100% of that market share, then they're able to basically set the price at whatever they want because there's no competition to help bring that down. Exactly, yes. I mean, they've been in hot water a year or so ago already without any more market share for setting ridiculous, well, what some people are seeing as ridiculously inflated prices on tickets. Um, which they are concerned for consumers' welfare. So, yeah. It's so infuriating, that... isn't it? I mean, we've, we've all been there when you try to get tickets for something and then you find that they're all gone and then they're all on, they're all on you know, Ticketmaster or StubHub or Viagogo or eBay for like three times the price. Yeah, seems the only way to get a ticket these days because you're on, on, on the queue, aren't you? And then before you know it, you've been sitting in the queue for an hour and they've all gone. Um, so, yeah, the bot spot's taking over. So, I mean, if that does go ahead, which I'd be very surprised if the CMA uh, let that go ahead. But if that does go ahead, eBay are going to be making um, a huge profit. They bought it in 2007, I think it was, for $310 million, um, and now selling it for $4 billion, uh, which comes out about a 17% return if you was doing, doing the maths, the investment appraisal on it. Um, and their plan is to do a buyback of shares um, so that they take more control of their own company and right, also okay. to distribute huge amounts of dividends to their current shareholders. Um, what do you think of that move, Jack? It's a, I mean, it's a solid it's a solid profit, isn't it, over a 12-year period? I guess the, the question you'd be asking is whether eBay should be rewarding shareholders or whether they should be looking to potentially invest in growth. And by selling one of the profitable parts of their business, it doesn't suggest that that's what they're looking for. So maybe in the long term, that might hurt them. Yeah, I mean, you've got these apps, haven't you? Wish and Etsy and all that. 
that are looking to well not looking to they have taken a lot of the of the growth um that's gone into the second hand goods market so ebay i think could be in trouble if they don't actually invest but then yeah, again i don't ticket market's quite a quite a big one as well isn't mm. it um, the idea behind it is is that if you have a ticket to something and you can't attend you're going to put it on a secondary market and just sell your ticket on and so the the idea is you'd sell it at the the face value and so yeah. that that way it's fair for consumers but it tends to not be the case it tends to be that people are you know, spent selling them for a little bit more than they paid for. Um, I've got my first story you might have seen in the news this week is that Uber has been effectively banned from London. Um, they've been stripped from their license to operate by Transport um, Transport for London. Um, what this, the, the reason this has happened is that they're saying that there's been more than 14,000 trips taken with drivers that have a faked identity. And so that creates loads of problems with uh, issues on checks on drivers, insurance and safety and what have you. So they were originally in September given a two-month probationary extension after having their license taken away, and they've announced this week that that's, you know, that's definitely gonna gonna go. Um, one key thing to know about Uber is that there there's loads of controversies about Uber because their staff aren't actually employees. But I mean, can you think of any? It's it's, it's a protectionism kind of activity from the Transport for London as well. There's a bit of an angle on that, isn't there, Mike? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're worried about black cabbies uh, getting getting put out of business. I mean, we have seen a huge drop in London of black cabbies, but they are still holding out. As a lot, a lot of people like the personal service, and and a lot of older people in particular don't don't trust um, Uber, etc. I think this is about safety, isn't it, of of passengers and particularly female passengers. I think. Yeah, there's so the, the idea is is that if these drivers are using fake identities. And there's no background checks because, as I meant, as I previously mentioned, they're not employees of Uber, and Uber are doing Uber are doing it this way so that they don't have to have so they have to follow sort of minimum wage laws and make sure that these taxi drivers are earning you know receiving pay from Uber as well, rather than just the share of their their drive. It does create that safety issue, but also insurance issues as well. And as we as you've mentioned, black cabs industry, Uber's a massive threat to to the sort of standard traditional taxi companies in London. And, you know, the black cabs are synonymous with London tourism, aren't they? And so it's something that the that London Transport for London in particular would want to protect. So there's an argument, as I definitely see the safety argument, but there's also a cynical argument that Transport for London are doing this because they're trying to give Uber the boot to protect their own industry. So that sort of protectionism that you might, um, you might have heard that key term in your studies. That that kind of thing is is what they're trying to their their real goal behind behind this decision. Oh, definitely, they're they're putting up a, a barrier to entry, aren't they, for anyone that also does economics, um, just making it that little bit harder for firms to to come into the market as well as well as operate. So it'd be interesting. I imagine they will put the safeguard in in place in the next month or two, and they'll they'll appeal and that they will be back in London. I've had two months to to try and start that, and and Transport London said that they've made some progress on that issue, mm. on that area, but obviously not enough yet. But they're going to appeal it. I think they've got twenty one days to appeal, and so you'd you'd expect that there'll be a bit of panic, and they'll they'll try and get it sorted between now and then. So we'll see what ends up happening. Definitely right. I'll kick off with a bit of an economicsy type story. Um, so consumer and business confidence figures have hit, um, have come out, I should say, for October and November, and they've been released, and they have hit a six-year low 
Um, so that usually business confidence, consumer confidence. So consumer confidence is about how willing people are to go out and spend in stores, etc. How willing they are to borrow money to spend. And business confidence is how willing businesses are to grow, invest, borrow to invest, etc. So that usually uh, is tied in with what's going on with interest rates, what's going on with unemployment levels, consumer spending levels, um, how much investments coming in from outside the country, how much the government are spending, etc., etc. Um, but Brexit seems to be the main driver of of this uncertainty and this this fall in consumer and business confidence. So we've actually, for the first time, seen employment levels um, drop. Uh, so yeah, drop. Um, not unemployment. Employment levels drop, um, and particularly um, for females, which I found um, interesting. So it'd be interesting to see why that is. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Jack? Yeah, I think the, the Brexit thing is probably the, the biggest, the most obvious cause of a lack of confidence from businesses. There's a lot of um, worry about what the, what the potential deal might end up looking like. And any, any business that exports or imports is going to have questions to ask about that, that they'll be waiting for. Um, I know that where I am, obviously, in Suffolk, there's a lot of businesses who operate with the um, shipping industry. And so their the confidence from those businesses in terms of investment is really low because they just have no idea what's going to happen. And so from some, to some respect, once the whole Brexit deal is agreed or whatever ends up happening, it will hopefully then allow businesses to have a bit more confidence and also consumers as well to have a bit more confidence with spending their, their, their money. That kind of links to the next, the next story, which is a story about something that's really important today. One of the, one of the biggest days on the business calendar and that's black Friday. And if there is one day of the year where consumer confidence seems like it's very high, it is Black Friday. But there's also some evidence of where maybe in some areas it's not. So Black Friday is today, although it doesn't seem like it's just Black Friday. It seems like it's like Black November now because the deal started about a week ago. I actually thought Black Friday was last Friday because I was getting so many so many websites had sales on that I actually did a load of Christmas shopping last Friday thinking that that was Black Friday. So... I've realized on about Wednesday of this week that Black Friday is actually today. So they're predicting that there's going to be £4.3 billion worth of sales, which is up 2% on last year. So although there is some growth, they're actually saying that that's slower than in the past because it grew by about 3.8% the year before. Um, but there's a bit of a fall in terms of the actual high street. So 4.5% fall on visits to shopping venues. So you think about like shopping malls or shopping centers or what have you. So it sounds like it's a little bit of another blow to the high street, doesn't it? Even though this this Black Friday thing seems to be a little bit more online based, Mike. Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, I saw an interesting um, cartoon that was put in the Times the other day. Um, and it was a cartoon of a couple walking by looking at Debenhams and saying it's such a shame uh, to see another store that we don't shop in closing down on the high street. Um, so quite ironic. We don't seem to support the high street, but we're sad to see it go. Um, so definitely Black Friday, Cyber, I was going to say Cyber Monday, but like you say, it's essentially Cyber November. Um, it's definitely taking its toll on the high street. Um, and kind of links to the story we talked about last week with um, all the parties now saying they want to try and reduce uh, rent and rates and things. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if, if the high street can survive. Yeah, I mean, we all say we want to support the high street. And we all do, of course, because the high street's a massive provider of jobs and, 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 and what have you. But in reality, I think most people would agree that one of the biggest trends in business is the trend towards convenience. And so as a result... 
ultimately, yeah, we would like to go to the high street, but if it's more convenient to buy everything online and all the sales and offers are available online, people are probably, myself included, are gonna, I haven't bought a thing in person yet for Christmas. I've bought everything online. Um, people are probably going to stick to the e-commerce unless the high street can make things cheaper. Uh, that kind of covers our two main stories each. We've got five new, other news stories for you to have a little bit of a look at in your own time. We'll put these on the graphic and um, on, on YouTube. We'll also put them in the description on Spotify and, and in YouTube as well. So my first story to have a look at, Sports Director proposing to rebrand to the Fraser Group. My one is Empower to cut 4,500 jobs as part of a restructuring plan in the UK. Three, Netflix have taken over a physical cinema to play all of their Netflix original films. Interesting story, that. Uh, number four, HSBC and Santander uh, ordered to refund customers over unauthorised overdrafts and other charges. So a bit of consumer protection in there. My number five story is also about banks having to pay out money. Um, Virgin Money have had to pay a £385 million PPI charge, but despite that, have almost doubled the pay of their CEO. Some Virgin Money customers might not be very happy with that. There we go. Um, okay, so shareholders. the shareholders might. Well, to be fair, the shareholders <laughs> have presumably authorised this. Um, the CEO is very happy, though. His family are definitely getting good Christmas presents this year. Um, okay, so that that sort of concludes the podcast. It's actually quite a short one. I think we're only in about 12 minutes or so. So hopefully it'll be a bit Perfect. easier to, to digest and it give you a little bit extra time to go through those stories and have a look. So don't forget to subscribe on youtube i think we're about like 100 away from a thousand subscribers which would be quite nice uh, don't forget to share with any any um classmates or colleagues don't forget to follow us on twitter i'm at um at mr j goodrich mike is at mr m sawyer on instagram at business as usual underscore and follow us on on spotify so you can catch up with these every week we're going to do them every week there's also going to be a kahoot to follow as well which will give you some little questions on what we've covered so if you want to test yourself or if you want to test your class on what we've covered, you can have a look at that. And we will see you next Friday. We will indeed. Cheers, Jack.